The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with a microphone. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Catherine Zox and my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. We have several guests on the show this morning, but our first guest, who is here with us now, very exciting, everybody knows who he is, or if you don't, you should, Mark Victor Hansen, co-author of the international bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I don't know anybody who doesn't know that, but he has a new book, has co-authored it with Robert G. Allen, Cash in a Flash. Cash in a Flash, Fast Money in Slow Time. So, with, and I'm just going to read a little bit of an intro here. Uh, with their phenomenal bestseller, The One Minute Millionaire, Mark Victor Hansen and Robert G. Allen mapped out strategies for earning chunks of money, a million dollars in a short period of time. The, through these revolutionary techniques, Hansen, Hansen who's here today, and Allen has helped thousands unlock the secret to becoming an enlightened millionaire. So now we have his new book, Cash in a Flash, shows you how to generate permanent and recurring multiple streams of income, and that's key, multiple streams of income, using the skills, talents, and resources you already possess, all in 90 days or less. Welcome to the show, Mark. Nice to have you on this morning. Oh, I am delighted, and I think this little book will turn around America. Most people are short 250 to $500 and need it over their kitchen table, and this book just teaches you how to read the book today and start having that money coming in tomorrow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I was reading the book, and my boyfriend, who is very skeptical about these kinds of books, took one hey. look at your book, and he said, you know what, after you finish doing the show with Mark, can I have the book and read it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, 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 the book's only been out a week, and, and uh, it's a rocking bestseller. And what's amazing to me is that the people that do read it, are most of them are skeptical because the get-rich-quick trips and dreams you know, have been dashed so many times, but right now, Everyone sees that the economy is uh, in trouble with Washington, D.C., and they're well-intentioned, but they're not going to do anything for us, those of us, like, on the phone. And uh, Wall Street is just taking their own. So the only hope is that you be an individual entrepreneur and go create some wealth for yourself. So, Mark, how do we do it? I mean, cash in a flash. Seriously, people think, well, you know, I, I can't do this in 90 days. Well, you know, what skills do I have? How, you know, they're going to make me make chunks of money? Or you say streams of money. So the money is always coming in. Um, and so, you know, give us some, somewhat of a vision of how, how we can do this. And then we'll go out and obviously listeners can go out and buy the book. And so how do we do this? Okay, well, we teach three basic things. My mouth is not working this morning. That's okay. Number one is wow now. Number two is inner winner. Number three is you got your dream team or broad squad. And what happens is we took a group of 50 people and said, you know, how fast can you make um, in 90 days how much money, new money, extra money, surplus money, using the principles we're teaching that are very specific that say you got to have a PSI, a product, big lumpy object, a service, something where you're serving someone like you guys are or an information business. And we had one uh, lady, Dr. Christy Emerson, make 96 
$1,000 extra in 90 days. We had a blind lady named Kim Law go out, and she made 35. She had had a terrible car accident. They put the wrong drops in her eyes. She went blind. Oh, she came. She learned how to do the Internet thing we teach, and she made uh, $36,000 in, uh, in 90 days. We had another lady out in Indiana uh, come, and, and she flipped um, $35,000 houses, making three or $4,000 a house, and ended up making... Um, $32,000 is the number I remember. What happens is that it isn't a question of our principles on, on test here because what we're doing is teaching proven principles that work. And, and as for multiple streams, everyone needs that today. If you've got a job, it means your J-O-B is just over broke. We want you to have a real MBA, a millionaire's bank account, and they can be self-created in, in 30 days to 90 days. Right? We had one other lady, Catherine Nelson Bell, was 60 years old, fired by Perry Como. She was his lead singer. And she went out and in uh, four months and nine days made a million dollars. So it is doable. It is it is rare. It's not everyone that can do it, but everyone can make an extra 250 to $500 so they don't have to go bankrupt so they can pay their bills, get their kids to school, pay their dentist, and you know all the gas and fuel so they can keep doing all the stuff they want. And then can I do one more statement? That is... Um, I'm talking too long. I'm sorry, but I'm so excited about this book, Cash and Flesh. Yeah, it, it's an exciting book. I think. Go ahead, make the statement because I got a question to ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I went to, I was hired by Brown University, which is the female Harvard originally, and uh, this year all the students uh, applied to um, work at General Motors, General Foods, General Electric, and General Mills, and they generally weren't wanted, so they hired me to come in and talk to the kids about entrepreneurship. And they all went wild because, back to your first question, can anyone do it? We, we talk about Dr. Muhammad Yunus who's taken a poorest country in rural Bangladesh, and he said, you've already got all the talent you need. You're born an entrepreneur, and you raise your skills. He's got 100 million women out of poverty in the last 30 years, got a Nobel Prize. And everybody sells. When you're a Boy Scout, you sell you know, stuff. When you're a Girl Scout, you sell cookies. Every school, you know, my grandson just sold me uh, wrapping paper and Tupperware. So the school could afford to keep operative. So everybody learned. But you're an easy sell to your grandson. <laughs> well, by the way, if he came up to you, he's so cute, he'd sell you too. He would. Okay. Well, you said Brown University. My son graduated from Brown University. Interestingly, and now is getting an MBA at Wharton. So uh, we'll see what happens. But he's, he's an older student, but most of them are, I guess, anyway, when they get their MBAs. Yeah, but, but one of the things, I just want to ask you this, Mark, because in the book what you do is, like, you change, there's, there's sort of an attitude. I mean, you talk about people who have jobs and they work to earn their money, but you, all the examples in the book are, uh, are, kind of a change of attitude in terms of how you get that stream of money. Can you talk to us about that? Because, like, I'm, you know, I'm a social worker, so it's like, you know, you have the formula, but then you have to change at people's attitudes towards how they attain that stream of money. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I love what you're saying. First of all, uh, thank you for being a social worker, because I think you guys are doing an enormous amount of good and are underpaid. And, and, That's true. <laughs> and, and the state I live in, all of you, your peers and all the teachers and principals, half of them been fired and the other half are being paid with IOUs. Yes. I'm not sure what you think, but I think governors made a tragic mistake because if I'm a baker and you come in with your little IOU and try to buy a loaf of bread, I'm going to say, that's yeah, cute, get out of here. Right? I mean, the, the point is I can't take an IOU. Um, and so what we're saying is society has changed. We haven't had a, a cyclical change. A cyclical change says the same thing happens over and over again. A, a structural change says... 
you and I are not going to go back to buggies and buggy whips anymore. We've got automobiles. That's a structural change. Well, we had a structural change because of the computer, because of the Internet. So we're saying, look, everybody has some business that they can do and make money with instantly. And we're saying the long shot is I, uh, the big I is the Internet. It's the real estate of the 21st century. And one of my friends is named Joel Com. And brace yourself for a second. It's not dirty. It's just funny. It's a... Uh, he did one application because iPhone went public. He did an application called iFart and made $10 million his first month. And, you know, I've seen people press the little button on their phone and do it, and then I've said it in a bunch of talks, and I've had people come up and say, I bought it while you were talking. And it just, and both my daughters who are, you know, just past teenage years uh, bought it just because it's a silly little thing, and it's got a hundred little fart sounds. And you say, well, can anyone do that? I had people in the audience, I did a giant seminar in Phoenix, and they came up to me and said, i got three applications I can put on. Well, that's the whole point, is you can do applications like that. You can come up with a song and go on iTunes. You can do go to you publish and publish something today and get half of all the money tomorrow, and they pay once a week. We're in an exciting new time, but you've got to be awake, and the danger is, one of the things we're teaching is, the second point I said, inner winner, is that you've got to manage the media, manage your own thinking, you've got to manage the media that comes in, and, and what your show does is just beautiful, you've got to manage the media generally of what your friends say, and you've got to be careful not to hang around negative Nelly and negative Dan. Yeah, when you say manage the media, how do you do that? I mean, someone who's listening say, okay, Mark is saying you have to know what to do, manage the media, what specifically, what does that mean, what do you do? Well, I know the, the two times you're most vulnerable is when you wake up in the morning, you've got to start by thinking positive thoughts. Now, obviously, I think you ought to read a book like Mind Cash on a Flash, Fast Money, and Slow Times in the morning and at night before you go to sleep and set your mental tone, set your mental dial, set your radar. Because like one of the principles that we teach, because I know you have mostly women listeners, is that we say, look, ladies, what I and when I was at Brown University, your son's alma mater, but you do know that it used to be just a women's school, right? Uh, it was. Originally, I thought it was but Pembroke was the women's school to Brown. President told me it was all women, but oh. it doesn't matter. And Ted Turner went and all that. It's a great yeah. school, beautiful campus. Yeah, it's now, yeah. Yeah, the point is that we're saying, look, set out your radar to find one new business opportunity every day. Now, if you did that for 365 days, I think you're going to have a and, – and journal it. I mean, it's not just for Oprah to journal her businesses and Mark Victor Hansen to journal his businesses. I'm asking every listener to get a journal. I don't care if you get a yellow pad. I don't care if you journal on your computer. But if you journal – business and the, and the question is what is needed and then the subset is what is it that I can do and what is it that can do is pretty unlimited because we're saying the third point is you've got to have a broad squad if you're a woman that's the name we have in it with that great story by Jillian Manis but you put together your dream team of people that are capable of doing the stuff you aren't capable of you know and there are a lot of companies out there right now that will gladly take your idea give you a percentage of it and give you a percentage of it for life because everybody's in trouble because it's not, as I said, a cyclical change. It's a structural change. We're not going to buy tape recorders anymore because now we've got iPods. Well, you know what, Mark? I'm going to interrupt you because isn't that exactly, you know, I was watching Ted Kennedy's funeral, and that's the one thing that he, or not the only thing, but that is the main thing that he did to accomplish what he was able to accomplish by having his dream team. He knew how smart he was. He wasn't a genius, but he surrounded himself with geniuses who could help him to accomplish what he needed to do. I mean, I think that's a good example of what you're talking about. It's a perfect example. I'm a, I'm a Kennedy family follower. I mean, my favorite president of all time during my lifetime is John F. Kennedy because he wanted Camelot. And Camelot started when he had a dream team because you had King Arthur with
men, men of the round table, forgive me, ladies, I'm just not, that's the history of it. Yeah. And what, what you had with Kennedy was, was uh, JFK called it the best and the brightest, and he had his brother as, as attorney general. And then, you know, Teddy was running later on for, and was senator, but wanted to be president too. So the answer is, yeah, if you have a dream team, you're in a kick-ass position. And he had E.B. White, and he had all the best writers in America trying to say, well, what do we do to make this thing go? And, and the dream team figured out how we missed going to war with Khrushchev because of Cuba. Now, I went too far, I'm sure, but what I wanted to do is show that I got some depth of knowledge of what you're saying. And yeah. this, this is like not a little, okay, so take it from a business point of view. Everybody that succeeds has is, is got to be, as far as we're concerned, an infopreneur. Everyone's got the information now that they can dash for cash with, and all you got to do is just be a little awake. But you won't do it if you're alone. You need a buddy. You need somebody to make you accountable. You need somebody to say, look, girl, this is the way that it is, and what did you do today? Because if you do something every day, you could cash flow in your suite tomorrow. Yeah, and my, another thing, and we only have a couple minutes left, because I just want you to address this point, because you talk about in, in the book, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a theme that problems become solutions. Don't look at problems, you know, the economy is bad, uh, you know, my I lost my job, whatever the situation is, problems become solutions. Just address that as like the last point. Cause yeah, what I say is that problem, turn your problems into profits, and when I went bankrupt in New York, I turned it into a business called Speaking Business and Writing Business. Little girl in our book, um, we get, um, I did another book called Richest Kids in America. She has leukemia. That her hands become arthritic and gnarled. They put the PT physical therapist puts a paintbrush in. She starts painting. Sells her first little painting when all the people come over for a scrapbooking meeting. Uh, Lay says, "I want to buy it." She paints like George O'Keefe. Her name is Olivia Bennett. Got fifty dollars for it. Well, now last year she sold five hundred canvases at twenty thousand dollars each. She's 17 years old. She's beautiful. She's blonde. You take your problem and you turn it into your passion and you turn it into your profits. That's uh, as elegantly, simply stated as I can make it. That is great. It is great having you on the show. Obviously could have you on for a lot longer. Cash in a flash. Mark Victor Hansen, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Go online. You can buy it. Bookstores everywhere. And website we can go to is... MarkVictorHanson.com. M-A-R-K-V-I-C-T-O-R-H-A-N-S-E-N.com. Terrific. And Thanks I so much, Mark. And I hope show again. I'd love it with the two of you, but only one of you got to talk. Because well, I don't let it... I'm... <laughs> your show. I have I'm to work on that. Talk. That's a problem. <laughs> I'll have to make it into a solution, right? No there worries. I'll get, I'll get back at her. Yeah. Okay. We'll get back at me. Anyway, you great to have you on. We're going to take a short break. VoiceAmericaVariety.com, the Catherine Zox Show with my co-host Lauren Deller-Blake. We'll be back in a minute, so don't go away. Thanks. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. 
Dance is Life. Life is Dance broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone. And joining us uh, in this half hour, I think we have Kendra for half an hour, is Kendra Ramirez. She, uh, social, I'm going to give her intro. Social networking is all the rage. We do know that. Lauren and I talk about that all the time on the show, at least a portion of the show. But businesses are just beginning to discover how these sites can boost their bottom line, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Amy Fox and Kendra Ramirez, two young mom entrepreneurs from Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio, recently formed a partnership called SellMoreStore.com. So you guys, whoever's listening, go to SellMoreStore.com while we're talking, which offers online courses that teach corporate sales and marketing teams how to use social networking tools to expand business. Well, welcome, Kendra. Kendra's right here. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Lauren and I, right, Lauren, we're always talking about social networking and how can it help the bottom line. I love this topic. It's a great topic. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. All right, so we're going to start right out. So, Kendra, how can social networking tools help businesses to overcome a sluggish economy? How do you use it? What do you do? Well, it's absolutely incredible. Um, the first thing I always uh, meet with my clients, and it's important to have a strategy. Know what you're trying to accomplish. Is it for marketing? Is it for recruiting? Is it for customer service? Are you trying to drive traffic? You know, really understand what you're trying to do, and then understanding your target market. Because if you are targeting 16-year-olds, then MySpace is a great tool to use. But if you're targeting the 20, 30-somethings, then Facebook is a great place to play. And then if you're trying to get tap into more of the business professional, um, the 40-something, the Fortune 500 companies, then LinkedIn is a good place to play. So understanding which tool has which target market. Because unfortunately, I've met with clients that spend a lot of time and money um, putting something out on MySpace, but that wasn't their target market. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so you really have to be very specific. What about do you use all of them? I mean, does it, you know, let's say that maybe there is one target market that fits your age demographics or what you're trying to do, but then you also incorporate the others as well or not? Like, not necessarily. If it doesn't have anything to do with your target market, then you really don't want to, you know, waste your valuable time, you know, on something like that. You know, so for me and my business, I um, work well, with other about businesses. about your business because so I, I really didn't give an introduction to that, like what you do and who you're consulting, and, and give us a little bio on that. Okay, sure. Um, so I work with uh, businesses, corporations, on their social media policies, social media strategies, and education of the tools and making sure they're using the tools correctly because I think the worst thing you can do is what I call throwing spaghetti against the wall and have a little bit in all of these different sites, but you're really not carrying a message. Yeah, Lauren, you're a business coach. Is this what you, because uh, I want you to jump in here. Is this something that you find that happens when you're working with clients or, you know? Um... I think with social media, this, there's ways, to, there's a strategy, and I think that's the point you're trying to make. There's a strategy, and you need to know your strategy and be conscious of that strategy. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so you have to be very specific is what you're saying. You just don't jump in and use social networking and think you're going to make a lot of money and it's going to improve the bottom line because it doesn't work that way, right? Right. Just like when you wrote your initial business plan, it's extremely important to have a social media plan. As part of that social media plan, what about this, Kendra? Um, How do you – we've talked a lot about this, Lauren and I. How do you develop, uh, like, business partnerships online? Because, I mean, if you – I think that's, a, you know, you're not really sitting down with people. You don't see them face-to-face. Can you do that? And if you can, how do you do it? Because you need to be able to do that if you're going to continue doing business with, with, uh, with other entrepreneurs, with other people. Exactly. Um, and that's what's incredible about these tools. So I've been using this social networking tool since 2005. I was a sales manager at a Fortune 500 company and specifically use LinkedIn to find uh, business opportunities. And so I'm really... Um, I think it's very important to digitize your relationship. So all those cards that you have that you've met at networking meetings or chamber functions um, or through your career, um, don't just throw them in a drawer or alphabetize them or stick them in a Rolodex. That really, you've come about halfway, and you need to take it full way by connecting with those people, say, on LinkedIn or Facebook, depending on your target market. And by doing that, so let me give you an example. If I have 11 connections on my first level of LinkedIn, those are my friends, and I just, you know, started on LinkedIn, haven't really developed it very much. But say those 11 friends know 660 friends. So 660 people are on my second level. And then my friends' friends' uh, friends would be on the third level, and that's, a, you know, a little over 39,000 people. So when that individual tries to do a search on maybe a title or a company they're trying to get themselves into, they're only searching a little over 40,000 people. They're nowhere near the 40 million uh, contacts that are listed in LinkedIn. And so I you know, always tell people as part of their time management, you know, on a weekly basis, you want to add connections and make sure it's quality, not quantity. You know, this isn't just about numbers. You do need to, you know, develop relationships. So for me, I have over 2,000 direct-level connections, and that's 12 years of, you know, my career. And then uh, my friends uh, know about 380,000 people, and then those uh, friends know another 9.4 million people. So just based on those numbers alone, I can search over 9.5 million people and get to the person I need to get to without ever cold calling. So since 2005, I've not made a single cold call. I don't have to. 
That's amazing. I mean, that's such a perfect example of social networking. Yeah, that is. That's a fantastic. I mean, that is just amazing. I mean, those, uh, when, I, when I hear you when you're talking about those numbers, well, let's talk about marketing, like you know, in, and web marketing because you have to market your business on the web, right? Mm-hmm. What are Like, Kendra, what are some of the advantages of web marketing, and are there any downsides to doing web marketing? Well, um, advantages are staying top of mind. You know, uh, unfortunately, if if there's a print ad, that gets thrown away, so you're not staying top of mind. Um, So it extends your marketing plan, and and simple things like the status bar and all all these sites, you know, it says, what are you doing now, or what are you working on? That's a status bar, and you can stay out in front of people in a very soft way. Um, I always say, you know, make sure to be cautious about doing nothing but self-promotion. It's got to be a two-way street, and that's why it's called social media. (laughs) Um, I see a lot of companies do too much of just pushing on everyone else and self-promoting. So I say 40% of the time talk about you and your business and things that, that you're doing, maybe events that you're hosting or webinars or speaking engagements, things that you want to tell people about, and put that in your status bar. Give them a link so they can go get more information. So I always call it, you know, make sure to have a call to action in that space. So everything you do should have a call to action to it. So if you update a status bar, um, drive them somewhere where they can get more information. Do you think great people- marketing. I mean, and Lauren, join me on this one, because do you think people, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm including myself, because sometimes I get so inundated with all this information that I tune it out. How do you separate yourself from everybody else? Because everybody's getting on the bandwagon for this kind of, whether it's web marketing or doing their business online, obviously, but how do you get, make sure that you stand out and that you don't just become a whole part of this, all this, you know, you, uh, you know, you um, can't separate yourself from your competitors. How do you separate yourself from your competitors online? Well, it's being human. I think there's too many organizations that are just pushing logos and pushing their agenda. And for me, you know, I get asked all the time, you know, well, how do you separate personal from business? I said, you can't. It doesn't matter what organization I work for. You're buying from me. And so you have to make it human. You have to add value. You know, so for myself, you know, I speak about 40% of the time about my business and serve others the other 60%. So meaning I highlight nonprofits. I highlight community work that's going on. I may even read an article that I think people that are connected to me might be interested in and post that. So I always try to make sure I'm adding value and not just strictly talking about, you know, how great my company is. I think this is, Lauren, I think that there's such an important thing to say, and I think so many people think about um, in social networking, they just want to get their word out. And if you if you think about this from a real human standpoint, if you walk into a room and everybody starts talking about themselves and nobody's listening about each other, that's exactly what that would be like. Exactly. It's just like, you know, your worst cocktail party you've ever been to, if that's all people are doing. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a bunch of narcissists standing around saying, it's all about me, exactly. it's all about me. Well, nobody's interested after a while. We don't know any of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of those people. I don't... <laughs> and so do you, Lauren. We both do. Yeah, and that's what we don't want, exactly what you're saying. I also, I just I, before I got on the air this morning, I was talking to somebody about Twitter because uh, this is, like, huge, and I know you, uh, I, I want to address that. You know, Twitter... Uh, uh, 
um, and how that's changing the whole marketing landscape because uh, I think it's amazing and I, a lot of people don't know how to use it to their advantage. Uh, so I do, Twitter, um, can we... Can we? We've only got about a minute left, but let's, Lowell, let's begin. What Twitter? How do we use that? How do we incorporate that into our business plan? Okay, Twitter is an incredible tool. There's 44 million users today. They're on track to hit 100 million by December, and it's growing faster than Facebook. So at a minimum, I always tell people go grab your username because much like a website, once it's taken, it's taken. Um, so grab your username, maybe your first name, last name, or your company name. Uh, at a very minimum, that's, you know, a good starting point. Okay, we'll stop there. So first, if you're going to use it, you better grab your name now because we're going to have 100 million people who are going to be in competition with you. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We are talking to Kendra Ramirez. She has formed a partnership called sellmorestore.com. You can go to that website. Uh, you're listening to Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with the microphone with my co-host, Lauren Beller. Blake and it's VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you would like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and you're talking to us or you're listening to us on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Lauren and I are talking to Kendra Ramirez, and uh, she's recently formed a partnership called SellMoreStore.com. You can go to SellMoreStore.com, um, which teaches online courses uh, that teach corporate sales and marketing terms, how to use social networking tools. That's what we're talking about right now. And before we took the break, we started on Twitter because Twitter is the – everyone's talking about Twitter and how do you use Twitter and how do you use it to improve your bottom line. And so we kind of began with that one. And I think Lauren's Twittering. And uh, I am. Kendra, are you Twittering now? Yes, I just said hello to you guys. Okay. <laughs> hello. Uh, all right, so I hope everybody's listening to the Catherine Sock Show 10 to 11 on VoiceAmericaVariety.com if you're Twittering it. So Twittering, let's talk about it. How do, as a social networking tool, how do we use it? Um, I mean, you started out by telling us before we took the break, Kendra, that we should, first you should uh, get a username because there are 44 million users and it's going up to 100 million tomorrow. Um, so, it's, you know, that's what, start with that, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, the other thing is really important is fill out your profile on Twitter. Let us know who you are. Um, make sure and have a, a, a profile picture because um, people want to connect with humans. And so you want to have your picture. You want to have your profile. Make sure you have a web link, you know, to your organization because we want to know whenever someone starts following me, I'm more inclined to follow you back if I know what your intentions are. You know, um, I'm not looking forward to following someone that doesn't have a complete profile. I really don't know uh, what their space is or, or what they're trying to do. The other and, thing that's really funny um, on Twitter is some of us are out there tweeting, but we don't have anyone following us, so therefore we're <laughs> talking to ourselves. <laughs> that's so, bad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you really? have no friends. But I, but before you get back, I, you said, you know, personalize it. Yeah, you want to know yeah. who you're tweeting to or who's following you, who you're following. Is Can you get too personal? It, because if, if you're trying to use it for business, how much is that we don't need to know? Right, if, right. And there's so much misuse I see out there of, you know, someone posted on Twitter, you know, I'm brushing my teeth. Well, that's great. You know, we appreciate your fresh breath, but you really don't need to tell 44 million people about that. Actually, yeah, because the next time I'm not really interested, breath. I'm not going to listen to them after, and if that's what they're talking about, brushing right, their teeth right. or sending it, their kids off. It needs to be, to you know, adding value. Just like I was saying earlier, you know, 40% about, you know, your organization, 60% about covering what's going on in your community, uh, maybe an interesting article that you saw. You know, just make sure that you're always, you know, adding value and serving others. All right, adding value—that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Adding Absolutely. value. Um, now, what about if, if somebody is just starting to Twitter? Is there jargon they should use? Is there a special language they need to know? Mm-hmm. And all this is covered in um, our e-learning course that's getting the most out of Twitter on SellMoreStore.com. And um, the thing that we always tell people is immediately, you know, after making it human and filling out the profile, you want to go in and register yourself on Twello. That's T-W-E-L-L-O-W. It's just Twello.com. And this is the Twitter yellow pages. 
So this oh. is how you're going to go find other people to follow. And I always say, you know, find your target market. Go find people that you are, are trying to engage. Try and find, you know, and build those relationships. So Wait, find Heather, will you spell that again, the Twello, the Twitter yellow pages? It's just like, yes. yeah. Yes, so uh, T-W-E-L-L-O-W, it's the Twello, is the Twitter yellow pages. That's how you go find these 44 million people to start following. I hope Lauren, did you know there was a Twello? You, back. you know, I heard of Twello, but I, I can't keep track of all of the new things attached. So I've heard of it, right. but I didn't understand that it was so simply that it was It's extremely important tool pages. when you're using Twitter. And here's but the Lauren problem just with, said something really important. She can't keep track of all the new stuff. That's the problem. It's I think problem, how yeah. do you do that? How do you keep track? Because it changes. It's, it's ongoing. From one right. week to the next, there's something new. And how do you know whether or not you should be doing it? You know, it's it's an, uh, or not doing it. You know, if it's some addition to Twitter or whatever it is, how is there a formula for that, Kendra? It's always going back to that strategy, you know. So you go back to the strategy, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? Does this tool even fit into what we're trying to accomplish? And then, you know, um, knowing someone that is a social media strategist that can guide you because it is my job responsibility to know what's coming, what's effective, what works, what doesn't work. You know, um, you, there's just no way with, you know, your full-time job that you could also take on another full-time job of trying to stay ahead of the curve. You know, so that's just where you need to engage, you know, someone like myself. Now, what about this? I mean, do you really think that something like this, so, like social networking online, Twitter, is going to replace all the other advertising mediums? I mean, because, you know, the newspapers are going out of business, magazines are going out of business. I mean, is this going to be the way to advertise they, within the next, what do you think, within the next couple of years, next five years maybe? It's, it's so hard to judge because there's new tools coming out every single day. Um, but the big piece of it um, and the, the change in, you know, the newspapers and magazines is they weren't two-way conversations. They were one-way. And so they're just needing to adjust what they're doing to make it two-way. And so it's going more to online publications where you can give feedback, you can make comments, you could share. You know, you saw that, that article and now you want to share it out. Um, just like if you set up a, a Google Reader or a Google Alert. It sends me material that I'm interested in. I don't care to get everything under the sun sent to me. I, I get to customize what I want to see, and that's where everything is headed. All right, so it's it's customized and interactive. Is that what you I mean? Exactly. It has to be engaging. It has to be two-way and interactive. Yeah. Do you? I mean, this is maybe a little bit off, but do you, do you think that the internet is really going to take the place of television, or there, or there, uh, because I find now that I'm watching less and less television and doing everything on the internet most of the time. Even you know, watching television shows, watching pieces of television shows that I missed. I don't want to watch the whole thing. And then now, when I go back to watch to uh, on the inter- go back to watching TV, it seems a little antiquated. Just it seems a little antiquated to me. The medium. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. We're starting, um, we're learning about um, TV patterns, and one of the things that has been a lot of fun um, when the Bachelorette was on um, on Monday night, you would see me tweeting about the Bachelorette because I was tweeting with three hundred women across the country about the Bachelorette. So we watched television together. 
So just like, you know, maybe in college, you know, you all piled into one dorm room to watch, you know, 90210. Yep. <laughs> now we did it by using Twitter. We were able to go back and forth of, you know, which guy we liked, which guy we didn't, you know, what, what you know, things did she say that she shouldn't have, you know, and it just became this awesome community. And so, and so, take it. Are you still doing that, or you do that with different shows? I mean, you do that new show. I mean, you can really expand that. Yeah, um, that was just you know my uh, just you know one moment of fun on Monday nights. <laughs> and I even said on the, the the finale of the show, I'm like, what am I going to do next? Um, so, uh, but that that really showed my personal side. So I don't always talk about business, you know. Um, and, and there were some, you know, people that were following me that were upset about it. I said, hey, you know, if you don't like it, you can unfollow me. It's okay. It's not a requirement. <laughs> you know? um, but, um, you know, I was really enjoying the conversation that I was having with these other ladies and getting to know them across the, you know, the U.S. Yeah, and, and is, does it become just across the U.S. or do you do things internationally? Oh, it's international. I have people from Australia, South Africa, China following me. So, um, no, it's very, very engaging, and, and it pulls uh, the world uh, to, you know, always feel like we live in a small world anyway. It pulls it even closer. Yeah. Have you done that, Lauren? I mean, what I do is probably antiquated. I mean, I call up my mother every night, and we chat, and we have a drink together on the phone. Oh, that's great. Yes. Now you need to do it via Skype so you can see each other. Yes, that's what we have to do, but I have step. to get her to be that's able to do that. Step. You know, I'm enjoying, I don't watch TV hardly at all, but I'm noticing that I'm on the computer, <clears throat> and sometimes social networking sites are on, and I have the computer or the TV in the background, and I can hear Anderson Cooper talking about, you know, he's, gonna, he's going on break and we'll be jumping on his blog soon. So I jump on and I see what he's talking about. It's inter- I, so I'm really enjoying that interactive TV show lately. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. All right. I want to know, this is, we're, we're sort of getting into the more personal, so let's talk about this because we're always talking about, I mean, you seem to have everything under control, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on her Twitter site. She's younger than she sounds. She's adorable. Yeah. Aw, <laughs> thank you. You're adorable. She doesn't call me adorable, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I haven't seen your picture on Twitter. I've got to go find you. Because I'm not adorable. I am far from adorable. But, okay, so here's the big question. How do you juggle the demands of family with all this business stuff? Because you said you uh, you mentioned, I know you have one child because you just, yes, you, yeah. I do. A seven-year-old. Boy or girl? Uh, a little boy. He's seven. Uh-huh. And he is my world, and he is the person that keeps me sane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, you know, in owning your own business, um, it, there is a, a lot of demands, but I absolutely love what I do, and so that makes it easier. But when I, you know, log out to to spend time with him and then he goes to bed, I log back in, um, he is, you know, my sanity check. And, um, you know, and he will be until he gets to be a teenager, and then he will be your insanity check. (laughs) (laughs) And he won't be keeping you sane. Exactly, exactly. Uh, You know, there's just always a special relationship between, you know, a mother and a son. Yes, I agree. Um, I have three I uh, just, you know, enjoy all, you know, my my time with him. So um, it's just I'm a big, you know, time management person. I have to be because not only do, you know, I run a company, but I'm also on a board of a nonprofit. I also do some mentoring, and I'm very involved with my community. So it's just uh, living by my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it's just not going to happen. Yep. 
And you're also sellmorestore.com. That's the website listeners can go to, right? That's the, the your, one That's of your, your recently correct. formed businesses with yeah. uh, your online courses. Well, it, it has been great having you on the show today. Um, My pleasure. You guys are fun. Thank you. Not adorable, but fun. <laughs> well, Lauren, you can be adorable, actually. I think she'd prefer adorable today. We'll work on it, Catherine. Yeah, I need help. I need real help. And then Twittering isn't going to help that, I'll tell you. <laughs> that is not true. No. Yeah, I have a quick there. question. Do we have a time for I have a really, really quick question. Well, we have one minute. Go ahead, fast. Kendra, I'm trying to search on your uh, – you're not coming up in my feed. Is that? I'm following you. Why would you not come up? Um, are you in? Are you doing TweetDeck? Are you on, uh, I'm on Twitter? Twitter. It's very strange. I've never had that happen. I'll play with it. I'll, I'll connect with you later to see why that's happening. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I use TweetDeck. I, I normally um, log into TweetDeck versus Twitter oh. because I can see when someone has mentioned Kendra Ramirez or my company, and then I can jump into the conversation immediately instead of it getting shuffled into that Twitter, that Twitter stream. Okay, we're gonna do, we have to go to break now. Kendra Ramirez, thanks so much for being on the show again. Catherine Zox with Lauren Della Blake for VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Don't go away. We will be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. On VoiceAmericaVariety.com, I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake. And this morning, we've been talking to a lot of people, uh, but our next guest is Dr. Patty Verizon. Now, all of us are familiar with, uh, unfortunately, uh, the case, J.C. Duggard abduction case, um, a horrible situation. Uh, um, ABC News reported the two police employees credited with cracking the J.C. Duggard abduction case said it was simply intuition that something was amiss when accused rapist and kidnapper Philip Garrido, and we've seen him all over the news, on the net, on television, showed up at a college campus with Duggard's two daughters. This gut feeling is what drove security to take action, investigate further, and uncover the link to the disappearance of J.C. Duggard in 1991. Uh, this story leaves all of us speechless. It's unimaginable. It's horrific. But uh, Dr. I'm going to call you Dr. Patty, is, uh, says there's hope for J.C. and her two daughters. Dr. Patty is in private practice in New York City and has been working for 30 years to help abused girls find their voices. She's author of the newly updated and revised edition of Invisible Girls, The Truth About Sexual Abuse, uh, which uh, I guess is really prevalent, at least here in the United States, and it's horrific, but uh, here to discuss the, the, the recent uh, case, uh, the Duggard case, uh, is Dr. Patty Verizon. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, well, where do we start? Because to me, when I'm reading this, this you know, all about this case, I'm thinking the, this, the, this girl doesn't have a chance. Uh, you know, and how did this happen? It's, you know, the United States of America, 2008. What happened? The system, what went wrong, and how can we do something about it? And uh, is there something, you know, will the, you know, will the, um, uh, this, this girl who got kidnapped, um, can she recuperate? She can recuperate. And I think the first place for us to all start is to be ready to say she couldn't get away. She was brainwashed, it was a cult, and nothing of this is her fault. Because you'll be shocked to know that people are going to respond and say, well, why didn't she just leave? And I think that's the first piece of the culture that we have to look at. She could not leave. She was brainwashed. People do say that. I, I Just recently I had a conversation. Somebody said, well, she was on the net. She had a telephone. She had access and communication to the outside world. Why didn't she leave? Right, exactly. What our culture does is to blame the, the survivors of sex abuse and abductions and all of this. We somehow think, well, they should have stopped their father from molesting them. They should have told the mother. They should have left this man they kidnapped. The fact is that when you are, a, when you are involved in an abusive relationship, you basically have to check out in order to survive it. In other words... When you are being raped by your father, you don't think about it. You don't, at that moment, say, this is what's happening to me. You check out. Girls check out. They, they go somewhere else. They float above their bodies during this kind of abuse. And I believe that this young woman started that very early on in order to survive, in order to be able to stay alive. She had to go into an ulterior state someplace else. 
Does it very just, early on. I, I want to ask you this. Just it's not really an aside, but when we're talking about the prevalence of sexual abuse within with women with girls, young, uh, how prevalent is it? I mean, do we have some numbers we can attach to it? We definitely have numbers. It's one in three before she's sixteen will be sexually abused in this country. One in three. By someone she knows, usually, isn't it? A family member or somebody that's, or an acquaintance? Yes, no question about it. It is about 96% someone you know. So the fact that the news stories that come out about these abductions put us all into a frenzy thinking that our child's going to be snatched by a stranger with a van and candy or a puppy. Not the case. Sexual abuse occurs in families, in extended families with your coach, with your teacher, with your rabbi, with your priest. It happens where you know someone, usually. Now, the statistic of one in three is anywhere from an uncle who um, touches his niece over her clothing to a father who molests his daughter for 10 years under the same roof. So it's a very varied statistic, but it's also only the statistic we know. I think it's more. I think it's much more. I think our culture abuses girls constantly. constantly. So yeah. We had a case uh, just recently in New York State, and maybe you're aware of it, up in the Adirondacks. I don't know if you are or not, where they, uh, they actually sued the pediatrician who was aware of the abuse but did nothing about it. I think the mother actually shared some information with the pediatrician that her stepson was abusing her daughter and nothing was done. And uh, I guess the case ended up awarding others at least $3 million to the, to the family or to the, the girl who had been abused. It was a, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to look up that case because I think that's great, and I think that that will hopefully change some of the culture. But I think what you're going to find with the case about J.C. is that people are going to be blaming her and taking their eyes off of this horrible monster who has clearly been abusing and sexually molesting for many, many years, and who, of course, was let out of jail. So I think that that's the first thing when you say, what can we do? One thing we can do is educate anyone that talks about this case. Educate. Say, look, this girl had no options. She was brainwashed. She was tortured. And that is why she didn't leave. That is why. And also, don't you think that, I mean, I, I don't know if it's obvious or not, but that he was, in, he was in collusion with his wife. I mean, she was part of it as well. Well, here's my take on the wife from what I've been reading. She met him in jail. She knew he had been, he was put in jail because of sexual molestation. Many women who do not process sexual abuse for decades, end up repeating and repeating and repeating their abuse. So my, my take on the wife without knowing anything is that she probably is an abuse survivor of some kind and just kept perpetuating that by marrying an abuser. And so she's crazy, too. She's absolutely, obviously crazy. And she did not process her abuse. When you ask the question, is there hope for this young woman and her daughters, yes, definitely there is hope. She's only 29 years old. And she can heal from this, and she can move on. The fact is her daughters are definitely going to heal, and they're going to heal much quicker than their mother. This is the only life that they have known, the little girls. My guess also is that he has absolutely sexually molested these little girls, so that they've come from an abusive relationship, but they are going to heal quicker because they're so young and there's such resiliency in youth 
and they're going to be able to process. Now, well, at least, that, I mean, it gives us, I guess, some hope and then some kind of a positive outlook. We have only a minute left. Obviously, we could continue to talk more about this topic, but I think you've, you know, just <clears throat> begun at least to give us something uh, to, uh, to focus on. Um, and I want to make sure, because you are the expert, if anyone is interested in the topic itself, because one in three young women are subject to sexual abuse in this country, uh, they can go and look at, and read your book or get a, buy your book, Invisible Girls, The Truth About Sexual Abuse. Um, thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Dr. Patty Verizon. Um, it's been great to have you, and uh, we'll have you on again. Thank you so much. Great. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Lauren, we have to say goodbye today. I mean, it went by very fast. It flew by. It did. It flew by. Have a great week, everybody. I'm uh, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Lauren and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.